you're listening to the Commercial Finance Podcast by Lee Chandler, where we discuss industry insights, tips about lending, capital finance, business acquisitions, the worst investment you can have is cash, real estate acquisitions, your financial advice depends on who you are, and everything in between. This is the Commercial Finance Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome, welcome to the Lee Chandler Commercial Finance Podcast. Today we have an amazing guest speaker, but before we get into that, I want to go ahead and, and reintroduce or give my co-host the opportunity to reintroduce yourself. How are you doing, sir? Hey, let's, uh, hang on. I need to do something here because the technology won't let me. Okay. okay. I'm, I'm doing really, really good, Leland. Um, my wife and I just got back from Tampa, Florida. I know, I know it's, it's, you know, at the tail end of COVID, but we've basically been isolated to a degree for 17 months mm-hmm. and just being able to get away from home was different. I wasn't paranoid, but I was extremely cautious. I was watching individuals who masked and who were unmasked and it's like, oh man, man. So this is the new normal and, uh, I'm, but I'm loving it. Thank you for asking. Speaking of, um, our guest today is actually um, in, in Illinois, and so they're going to have some, some things changing around there. But without that being said, he is also a financial planner, and that's one, one of the many reasons why we want to uh, speak to him and also um, make him available to others uh, in our network. So, Mr. Dan Duster, how are you? And I, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking, Leland. Thank you for having me as well. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, Hank and I are, are really going to have an open conversation. We're going to have questions uh, that obviously that we have in reference to financial planning, but that some of our clients will have in the future. Um, the hopes is that as we're listening to this, they know exactly who to turn to and also uh, what makes them you know, a good prospect and things like that. So without further ado, let's get started. All right, I'm ready. All right, Dan, um, how did you get started with, with financial planning? What, what drove you there? Right, and I guess uh, technically I'm a financial advisor. I, I, I do financial planning. Um, so my degree is actually in finance, um, which, <laughs> uh, you know, 30, 30 plus years later, I'm, I'm using it. Um, but I've, I've done motivational speaking and coaching for the past 20 years. And I've always been uh, passionate about helping people be successful. Uh, one of the biggest areas of opportunity, especially and uh, for people of color, is financial success. So I've done what I call um, financial literacy and, and wealthy mindset training since pretty much 2005 or so. And then I've uh, coached um, some all-state reps and some state farm reps. I did that for a number of years. And then I was working with a few folks who worked um, at... New York life. And they're like, man, if you, like, you know, all the language, you know what to do, why aren't you in the industry? So I thought on it and prayed on it. And um, I'd had a few friends who passed away who were un or underinsured and really didn't have their financial house in order. So um, I was like, the, the, the best way to, to change that is for me to help make that happen. So um, joined New York life and went to Mass Mutual and, uh, and uh, joined Edward Jones as a financial advisor. It's been incredible. So um, really passionate, like I said, the, the, so the short answer is helping people be uh, successful. And again, financial success is one of the biggest areas of opportunity. 
Um, Dan, you said something interesting to me, and um, and maybe it's out of naivete or ignorance. Uh, Leland said financial planner, you corrected him to say financial advisor. Um, can you help, help, help me to understand the, the, the difference uh, in, in those two vernaculars or terminologies or whatever? So, sure. So for most folks, it really doesn't make a difference. Um, and being in the financial industry, there are certain designations. And so um, certified financial planner is a designation. Um, so I don't have that. I am a financial advisor and I, I help people plan for retirement or for their, their financial future. Okay, for, okay. For, for, for legal purposes, I, I do need to make that distinction. <laughs> well, and again, I, I appreciate that, you know, because it's like, you know, my, my daughter's in the food industry and there are certain nomenclatures in the food industry that one uses to differentiate just because you can run a hot grill or what have you doesn't make you a chef. Right. You know, <laughs> but if you are a chef and you're running the hot grill and someone calls you a cook, you might be slightly a <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> okay. Okay. That, um, as a as a financial advisor, you mentioned that uh, you know you ran into some individuals who, for the most part, were underinsured. Um, can you give us an example of your one of your greatest successes, or greater challenges? So the challenges. Uh, so a few challenges. One is we. Um, I think we as people don't talk about it, and I think people of color especially don't talk about it. I, I grew up. Middle, middle class, both parents um, only went to college, both parents had advanced degrees. Um, and um, my father had uh, term insurance, it expired before he did. Mom doesn't have any, um, she's uh, got Alzheimer's in, in a uh, nursing care facility. Um, so fortunately, my, my dad took, so we, we took care of business. So, you know, opened up a checking account, savings account, paid bills on time. But we didn't talk about being able to um, create, protect and pass on generational wealth. So mm -hmm. insurance is one component of that. And that's another reason I made the transition from insurance to um, a um, investment company is that uh, your financial future. So a lot of insurance companies have insurance as the cornerstone of your financial future, um, which is, is a good component, but it, it shouldn't be, it doesn't have to be the cornerstone. So uh, you got some um, industry experts, if you will, Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman, who say, you know, buy term insurance and invest the rest. There are very few bad insurance products and there's no one solution that's right for everybody. Hmm. It's customized. Okay. Um, so going to the, the, the challenge is helping people understand the different uh, ways to invest in your future. Insurance being one component and understanding what the difference is between term and I can do a whole class on that, but understanding what the difference and the benefits of term versus permanent or you know whole life versus universal life. And, there are a, a lot of nuances within there that mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. that are important to just to, to, to understand those distinctions. Um, so that's the, the challenge is getting people to talk about it because a lot of people aren't comfortable. Again, um, especially in our communities is that for decades mm -hmm. we've been um, targeted and taken advantage of. And so a lot of people think of insurance, um, especially is, you know, it's a jip or a joke or, you know, it's, it's, it's a ripoff. And quite the opposite is um, wealthy people, especially, use it as a way to create 
great and pass on generational wealth. So uh, really helping people understand that is, is the biggest challenge. And the biggest success is when I get people to understand it. So it's the, the, the challenge and success are kind of one and the same. Do, Dan, do you find that people who come to you don't really know what it is that they need? Yes. So they, they, they don't know what it is that they need, that they've, they've got, whether again, some pundits that they, that they listen to. And again, um, it, it's fine to listen to it, but you, you need to read the whole book instead of listening to it. Right? <laughs> So that's the challenge is you know, so don't don't read don't read a verse of the Bible and try to <laughs> that, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So um yeah, so that that that's that's the challenge is you know helping people really um sit down and and, and do do planning. The, the most frustrating so going back to the challenge is you know, you say you just you know uh, took a vacation, um Leland just did, did an anniversary. I'm sure you, you spent at least an hour or two planning for that vacation, right? People refuse to spend an hour. I'm saying, hey, let's sit down and let me understand what your what your situation is and what you want. Oh, I don't have time for that. You know, can, you know, no. So wait a minute. So then you, and especially with social media, the, the, so going back to the frustration is, you see people people on Facebook. It's like, look, let's get your insurance policy or invest 200 a month, um, I can't do it right now. And you see on Facebook, they're at this club or they, had, they, they took this vacation, went to this party. And so people not wanting to change their habits so that they can change their future. Mm. Yeah. They, mm. they, they, they want something different, but they, they don't want to do anything different. And so that, that's the biggest frustration and, and you know, education um, component of that. When I was in Tampa the weekend, um, I, I heard someone, someone said this, it says, Every problem you do not solve now will be left for your children and your grandchildren to solve. And you find that in the in 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 your industry, you know. Oh, absolutely. Again, absolutely. So, um, like I said, uh, again, people view things differently in our community, and again, a lot of people. And just going back to the insurance component is people say, hey, you know, I'm good. I've, I've got insurance. How much you got? You know, I have 25 grand. So if I, you know, if I die, they can bury me. And so we look at his insurance as burial insurance or, you know, I don't want to leave my family any expenses. Instead mm -hmm. of, it should be income replacement. Is right. that, you know, if you're, you know, you've got children, then if you're gone, how are they going to be taken care of? And so that's one of the main things to, to consider. The other thing is considering, again, passing on, generational wealth. So your, your children and your children's children. And I've heard it said that, you know, poor people plan three days ahead, rich people plan three generations ahead. Mm, so mm. to have that planning in place to say, I'm going to leave this for my, my children and enough for them to, you know, have something for their children. Whereas I've heard people say, well, my parents didn't leave me anything, so I'm not leaving my children anything. So it's perpetuating that cycle of not having generational wealth. And it, that, that's, that's the frustrating part. Would you would you agree that that's that's a minimalist mindset, Dan? It is, and unfortunately, it's a normal mindset. So normal is relative, right? <laughs> that's oh, that hurts. <laughs> right, right. Normal, normal tends to be inherited. Well, you know what your your family did. Normal. Hold on. Oh. I, I missed you, Leland. I'm sorry. No, I was like, normal? Yeah, normal is relative, like you said. Right. 
So getting people to to, to understand that or, or think differently is is a challenge. Um, so that's what I what I really focus on is one just helping them understand. Hey, what can you do right now that's going to make the biggest impact? And you know, starting to to change. I mean, I can show people how you know if you're in your early 30s, if you can redirect starting at $200 a month and increase that by 5% per year, you'll, you'll have a million dollars at retirement age in your early 60s, just starting with starting with 200 a month. And you can do that. It's like when you look at cable, you look at some other niceties that we have and you know, just, you know, redirect some of that money mm-hmm. and get used to doing it. Um, you'll be a millionaire by, by retirement. So and, Dan, what I heard you say is how you think is more important than what you think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, just again, what, um, you know, there's so many wealthy people that are, that are running into that don't look again, wealthy. And again, part of it is (laughs) in my, in my experience, part of it is cultural is that, you know, people of color will spend money on cars, on gadgets, on jewelry, on, on, you know, on blame. Right. The blame. And um, other folks, you know, are looking wealthy, driving simple cars, eat, eating simple stuff, and they've got six hundred thousand in the bank. And you know, we 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 you know, it, it, um, several reports over the years have come out, and it's most families, if you have an expense more than four to five hundred dollars, that's going to be a problem, right? So we, we we don't have that much in our budget. We don't have that much in savings to redirect. If if, if you know, it's going to be a problem. And again, that's living right at your means. And mm-hmm. you can live be- below your means. It's not, so again, it's not, you talk about, it's not um, what you think, it's how you think. It's not how much you make, it's, it's how much you save or invest. So again, and I remember being in college and not arguing, but having dialogue with my uh, professor because you've got the income curve and then you've got the debt curve. Mm-hmm. At one point debt exceeds income. I'm like, that does not make fundamental sense. It's like if the more money you make, then you should be able to pay off that debt. And it, but no, that, that's how most people live: is you acquire more, you get more money, you acquire more things, you have access to more debt, and so mm-hmm. that's what you do. So again, just help, helping people reframe their their mindsets and you know live beneath their means and, and invest a little bit, and you can uh, plan for a nice retirement and and for the next generation. Dan, that 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 example you just explained. Uh, took me back probably about 20 years ago. I was down in Cincinnati and I was at a business conference and and the, and the, and the guest speaker said something that has stuck with me through the years. He asked the crowd, how many of you have debt on your credit card? He said, let me be more specific. The average, he said, the average person who has credit card debt at the time was like $6,000 in credit card debt. And he says, if you've got debt on a credit card, you're broke. And that was a hush in the crowd. And he said, let's make, let, let's be clear. That if you cannot afford to pay your credit card off every month, you are broke. And that, that has stuck with me because you and I know that there are people with five or six credit cards. They got a hefty balance. They got, they got a limit on all of them and they've got a hefty balance on all of them. And they think they're doing extremely well because they got these cards. But in actuality, they are underwater only and, and, don't, even, and don't even 
come to grips with that. Correct. So I totally agree. I've, I've done workshops, what I call be, be interested in interest rates, right? Is that, so if you're servicing most that, let's just say it's 20% mm -hmm. on six grand a year. So you're paying, and if you, you're, you, most people keep it right there. So you're paying $1,200 a year in interest. So going back to the $200 per month, if you eliminate that, you're halfway there to reinvesting $200 a month. And again, not all debt is bad. I, I had one um, guy come into the office in uh, early 20s. He's like, yeah, I'm not doing any debt. You know, I want to pay everything in cash. I'm like, no, debt isn't bad. Credit cards aren't bad. Paying high interest on that is what's bad. Mm -hmm. So if you can use a credit card and pay it off every month, by all means, do that. And do the rewards program, travel miles, whatever, one and a half percent cash back. Um, that's fine. But being able to pay it off on a monthly basis is great. But no, start again, another workshop. But start your credit early and keep an open line of, of, of credit. So mm -hmm. the, the longer you have an, a line of credit, the better your credit score is gonna be, but being able to pay it off every month so that you're not paying high interest rates is what's important there. Dan, how, how, do, you, how do you find the majority of your clients how, or how do they find you? So it varies. So I've, I've done, um, you know, you reach out to your warm market on social media, whether it's Facebook or LinkedIn. Um, and typically what I do there more so is get referrals. Again, it's an interesting paradigm that people don't like to talk finance. It, it, it's um, kind of like, you know, you've been friends for a while, but you haven't seen most of your friends naked. <laughs> and so talking about finances is that vulnerability of like, yeah, I don't want them to see me naked. So I'm like, all right, so here's what I do. You know, if you're willing to talk to me, wonderful, but hey, you know, who else in your network or family can I talk to? So that's mm. number one for me, me finding people. Then going to networking functions. So um, right now it's been mostly virtual for the past year and a half. Um, mm -hmm. But um, we also um, have um, people, you know, our, our website that uh, people can, you know, reach out to me or reach out to me on LinkedIn. So it's uh, probably four or five different things that I'll do. I, I do some webinars as well um, and invite friends. And again, friends of friends, it's like, hey, you know, I'm doing this have fun and tell somebody else. So it's it's a multi-pronged multi-pronged approach. Aside from insurances, Dan, um, what other asset classes do you do you uh, advise your 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 uh, clients towards? Sure. So yeah, most of my in, investment advice is, is towards actual uh, savings and investments, and so those are going to be stocks, bonds, mutual funds, mm -hmm. ETFs. Um, and just, you know, investing one-on-one -on -one is that the mutual funds are a bundle of stocks. Um, same thing for ETFs. ETFs is exchange traded funds. And so the benefit of those is they, they, they tend to be less volatile because you've got a, a group of stocks mm -hmm. and, you know, it's not going to be as volatile as one stock. Um, and I'm all about diversification is, you know, people look, and that's the other challenge is that people want to get rich quick. And they want one stock that's going to explode, and it's like, now that's that's um, the exception, not the rule. Mm. So you know, if you can get, mm -hmm. uh, you know, for a portfolio that's going to get you from six to ten percent, that's the S and P five hundred is trended around ten percent for the past decades, and so it's fluctuated a little bit. You know, maybe more some years, maybe less, but it's right around ten nine point plus percent, just under ten percent. So looking for those types of investments that are are going to be um, reasonable. You know, if you want to gamble, I do gamble. I go to Vegas, you know, once a year and 
you know, that's money I can lose. Pick a couple of stocks that, that, that you're willing to gamble that you're, you're not counting on. And that's the, the other challenge is, you know, people will say, hey, like I want to buy, buy an Amazon or with all the cryptocurrency and not fully understanding what cryptocurrency is and, you know, saying, hey, I'm, I've got, you know, whatever, whatever my nest egg is, I'm putting it, I'm betting it all on black. I'm betting it all on crypto. It's like, no, okay. you know, if you want to have that as a component of it, you know, that's fine. But be diversified so that you're investing for the long term. So hey, you, you mentioned you mentioned cryptos, and I think most people don't realize they hear Bitcoin and they 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 you know they they frothed over and recognizing the fact that you know unless they got about 50 grand, you know, they won't own a coin, they might own a portion of the coin, but there are hundreds of different cryptos out there. So, you know, so do people come in with a particular crypto in mind or they come in and say, oh, I want Bitcoin? So it's what's the most popular, which um, people will say Bitcoin, Dogecoin, um, Ether. Um, so what, what, what they've heard about. And again, the, the best way to, because most, and again, read the whole book or take a class on crypto, <laughs> but crypto is essentially a, um, a collectible. So it's kind of like baseball cards. So most cryptos, you produce a certain number of them and the value is pure supply and demand. And so, um, you know, it goes up, but it, it can go down. And mm -hmm. so, um, you know, that's why people need, need to be cautious of that again. Um, I say only investment, there, there are no bad investments to me. It's just being aware of the, the risks that go along with that. Hmm. So crypto is is a risky investment. I don't I, I don't say don't do it. I say do it knowing that um, it can go down. Dan, are you, are you aware that uh, the federal government, the particularly the IRS, is looking at ways to start? <laughs> you're laughing to start to tax cryptos uh, as uh, I forget the terminology, but they, they're getting ready to start to tax cryptos from a capital gains perspective. Yes. Yes. So that's the other challenge right now is that crypto right now is, is not, so it's difficult to track um, as far as who's trading it. And so that, that there's um, risk of, you know, the black market. And that's, so a lot of people use crypto on the black market as well, allegedly, mm -hmm. um, but mm -hmm. also people um, aren't paying taxes on it. So when you, again, the whole thing behind a society, which I say, Hey, you know, we should pay taxes. That's how our society exists is mm -hmm, taxes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the government especially feels that way. <laughs> so um, for crypto not being taxed for a while, the, the government is looking at ways to um, not only tax it in the future, but um, it, it, they may go retro. So for those profits that you made um, in 2020 or are making in 2021, the government, my understanding is they are, are looking at ways to, to tax that. So um, you, you, people need to be aware of that and prepare for that. If, if you've made profits on crypto to, to put something aside so that if and when it is taxed, you'll be able to take care of that. Oh, wow. Um, Dan, you're, you're the, the, the typical age group of, of, your, of your clients or potential clients, um, what, are you, what are you looking at? So um, I switched over. I used to try and do a target market, and that was either a professional or an age group. Um, what I do right now is target mindset. Um, so somebody that's serious about their financial future, um, has the discipline to have already invested or to um, want to invest, 
mm-hmm. is, respects me as a financial professional is you know if you're not serious about your future you know like i said you know you sit down and say you want to invest but then you're going off you know taking trips or going to the clubs and then you say you don't have any money to invest you're not my client right um, okay. if you're spending money on uh purses or shoes or jordans versus investing you're not my client if you think that you can be- do it better than me you're not my client um you know i'm, I'm a professional i'm a smart guy i still rely on the professionals at our home office for mm-hmm. my advice that that would be how arrogant and I- ignorant would that be for me to say I'm the best guy. I'm, I'm going to pick all of these because I've got to know my clients. So I can't know my clients and know everything that's happening in the marketplace. So um, that that being said is um, clients that I'm probably most beneficial for are people who are um, at retirement, um, you know, ready to retire, have a nest egg available. Mm-hmm. Switch a few jobs, have a 401k or a few 401ks that are lying around that they, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, let's meet, let's talk about what you want to do in the future and put that into an IRA, an individual retirement account, and um, set it up for how you want it to grow, whether it's over the next five years or 50. You, you, you mentioned that you've got a team at home office, and that just sort of kind of struck with me, because I, I think you and I know that, um, that there are lots of people who go out and they've got a friend who does this or does that, or they know somebody, you know, they know a bubba. And because they grew up with Bubba, they allow Bubba or Beatrice to to handle their business. Right. And and uh, and and Bubba or Beatrice may not have the tools that are necessary, and or the team that is required for for greater success. They they are individualistic in in approach, and uh, and they get they get taken to the cleaners. So. Again, wise investors need to be wise, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, so the last year is a perfect example is, you know, people. So again, the, it's investing is simple when things are going great, right? Hey, buy low, sell high. You, 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 you put money in the stock market and it grows. Yes. But now when things start to decline, then what do you do? And so, you know, you should put some buffers in place and say, okay, if it goes more than 5% or 10%, you can put in some limit orders so that mm-hmm. that limits your losses. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. again, the whole thing is, you know, buy low and sell high. And so what happened last year was people got scared and it, things dropped. So they sold low and then they got back into the market after it crept up. So you did the exact opposite. You sold low and bought high. So now it's that much more difficult to make a gain. Um, so as a financial professional, that's where I, I sit there and say, hey, stay calm, you know, what's your strategy and each person has a different strategy so mm-hmm. some people are you know, we do what's a, called a risk tolerance questionnaire and so it's like okay now if you don't want your money to, to drop too much then we'll have you in some safer investments and so um and then when the market goes up you know you you won't have as much return because you don't you don't take that level of risk okay. so okay. you know and that's where going back to people and say okay well you know, hey, the market's up 15%, but my only investments are only up 7%. Why is that? Well, we talked about this. You've got a low risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to fluctuate as much. But then when the market goes down 20% and you're only down 3%, that's because you've got a low risk tolerance. So that 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 range is going to be narrow. Um, so 
again, I, I think I forgot your question, but bottom line is Taylor, I mean, that, that's the value of me as an advisor and the value of home office is being able to say, hey, here's the portfolio that aligns with your risk and to help you remain calm during those periods when, when everybody else is being nervous. Well, you know, I and, and I, I referenced the fact that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a team in most smart folk, most smart folk have a team of individuals helping them. They've got a CPA, they've got an attorney, they've got advice, they've got, they've got smart people helping them to manage and make smart decisions. Um, and and you, I have found that too often people are reluctant to pay for the services that are necessary to get them from point A to point B. Do you find that to be the case too? Yeah, and like I said, not my client, you know, so I'm, 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 I'm 52, no. you know? And so um, the older I get, the more comfortable saying, hey, I don't know, I forgot, or we're not a good team. We're, you know, we're not gonna work well together. And so- I, I, I'm hoping that uh, individuals who are listening pay close attention to, to what you just said, Dan. Um, because all too often people are trying to force their will uh, onto someone or into a situation and then they are upset because the results aren't what they had anticipated. Plus they don't, they don't understand that investing, financial planning is a long game. It's a marathon, it's not a sprint, you know? Um, and, 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 and it's difficult to get people to change their mindset until it's too late. Oh, very true. Very true. And again, um, so the thing that I don't do and haven't done is brag about returns and say, hey, look, wow, you just put your money in. Now it went up because the market's going to go up and down. So I can't brag this month and then next month be like, oh, you know, no. So it's, it's all about the long term game. Hey, here's what your investments are. Be calm. It, you know, this is a 10 year time frame that we're looking at. So, yeah, it may be down right now, but it's going to go back up. So, yeah, I, I, I don't brag about, um, you know, investments going up quickly because I, I know that it's, it, it, it will vacillate. Um, so, and again, just uh, going back to the team, like I said, um, if, if people feel that they can do it uh, better than me or mm -hmm. my, my firm, have at it. Uh, I, I had a guy call in a few months ago and he's like you know what value do you deliver and i'll tell him here's what we do and you know our fees are x amount so most fees are going to be anywhere from 0.7 to maybe one one and a half percent of, of your assets and he's like well no mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't see the value there okay i'm not going to try and convince you mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah right you know so um have at it i mean seriously but best of luck to you is is if you think that you can watch it mm -hmm. um and that, uh, you know, that me and what, what I can do and what my company can do is not mm -hmm. worth 1%, give or take. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. Because if, if we can get you 12% returns versus 6% on your own, that 1%, you know, so um, cost is only relevant if, the, if the people don't see value. That's a quotable. Will you, will you say that again? Yeah, co cost is only an issue if people don't see value. So if, if, they, wow. if they, again, don't value me and, and, and my company, 
yeah, then whatever cost that, that they that they seize is going to be um, a, a problem. But if, if if I'm delivering value or they can appreciate the value that I deliver, it's not going to be an issue. And then and then I'll say this real quick. It also reminds me that they may not value themselves, their own time and resources. Well, so again, and a lot of people, um, especially in this arena of investments, um, like I said, it's a vulnerability that goes along with it. And so a lot of people don't want to say that, hey, you know, I'm, uh, again, my, my social circle is, you know, 50s and the wanting to retire. And they've got, you know, anywhere from five to 50 grand. And that's actually embarrassing because it's like, wow, you know, I, I'm not ready for retirement. Like for me to retire, I need to have at least 300,000 and I don't know how I'm going to get there. And so that, that becomes a challenge as well. It's like, okay, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to mention anything. And again, so God has blessed me to be in different financial situations. I've had a six figure job. My first year on my own, 2002, my W2 was $4,200. So I know what broke is. I know what it means to say, yeah, you know, it's no point in us meeting because I don't have any investable money. <laughs> mm -hmm, I've, mm -hmm. I've got that credit card with six grand that I'm not paying off. I can't pay off right yeah, now. Can't, yeah, so yeah. I've, I've, I've been in those situations, but um, to, to not address it is, is a mistake. But, but, but Dan, what, what I got goosebumps because what you, what you just demonstrated or articulated is the fact that your that you are different from your circumstances your circumstances are that you're broke but you're not broke right because you did something about your your situation and all too often people become comfortable in their discomfort mm -hmm. i mean they become real comfortable the pain the, the pain is not severe enough for them to take positive action to move forward. Right. So again, I, I've done, um, as a motivational speaker, I've done workshops on changing your mood versus changing your situation. Mm -hmm. This relates to uh, finances and alcohol and food is that, you know, a lot of people, again, they, they have that um, comfort food because they, they're, they're stressed or they're depressed or whatever. And they're, they're looking to change their mood. So they eat or they drink a result of alcohol or drugs or something else. And that changes their mood, but it doesn't change their situation. So they're, they're, they, they get comfortable to get that pleasure for the moment. But the next day they wake up and they're in that same situation versus taking some extra energy and effort to say, you know what, let me do something to change my situation. My mood, I'm still stressed. I'm still depressed, but let me, let me work to change my situation so that mm -hmm. when I wake up, it's different. Now, when I, my, and again, your mood shouldn't be tied to your situation anyway, but for those times that it is, it's mm -hmm. important to change your situation and um, the, 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 the mood or attitude will follow. Dan, um, so you, you, you have, you have clients coming in, they've got, they've got, um, they're on, they were on a mission. They've got the insurance, they've got, they've got uh, mutual funds, they've got stock or what have you. Do you run across individuals who are looking for a different asset class, i.e. real estate? Yeah, so um, when I say diversification, that's comprehensive diversification. So, Aha, okay. Right. okay. And again, that's why I'll advise people on that is, you know, which um, is not being transparent is, it's not about me, right? So um, last, last uh, month I, I had um, 
it was uh, April 3rd, uh, 2021, which is four, three, two, one. And I'm like, man, that's, that's, that sounds like a countdown. So I was like, what would be a bold, audacious goal for me? And <clears throat> most advisors, advisors can handle about 300, maybe 350 uh, clients, give or take. Um, and I said, you know, it'd be great if I could have, you know, all of my clients um, to <clears throat> have a million dollars in retirement and or pass on a million dollars to the next generation. I'm like, man, that'd be cool. And I was like, no, you know what? That's not big enough. That, that's, that's dual. And so I said, let me, let me triple. Let me say it's, it's, if I can get a thousand families to do it, um, that's, you know, that's doable. And I said, okay, that'd be actually a billion dollars, a thousand families times a million dollars. That's a billion. And I said over the, cause I, I plan on working for another 15 to 20 years. And I said, even that's doable. So then I doubled it again. So I said, now I've got a $2 billion goal. So I, I physically can't do that is I can't touch 2000 families. It's, it's, it's not possible. And that takes the gold away from, from me. And it, it makes it about the impact. And so again, the, the impact being, you know, how can we um, create, protect, and pass on generational wealth? Um, investing is one. Insurance is one. Real estate is one. Having a, a different stream of income is one. You know, small businesses, um, and again, the, the, being able to pass on businesses. Um, I, I do a series talking about structure, and that as a, a small business, and I'm, I'm I'm a work in progress on everything I say. So please don't perceive me as <laughs> thinking that I'm perfect. But um, as, as a business, you should be structured, uh, so structured that you can take two weeks off and not miss a beat and or somebody else can take over that business when you want. So whether you, when you retire or die, and again, especially I've seen it in the black community, when mm -hmm. the business owner dies, the, the business dies with it. And that shouldn't happen. And we need to put the structure in place so that we can pass on businesses to the next generation and pass on real estate to the next generation and pass on our house to, to our house, our, our you know, estate planning to the mm -hmm. next generation so that it, it, it continues to flow. D Dan, um, I've, I've, done, I've done some some uh, some strategic planning for businesses. And in one of the things that and you, and you hit it, you know, but minority business owners do not have a succession plan. They plan. They they said they I built it and you know and in and and then they hire every family member they can think of. Don't really train anybody to to take over, and when when the person dies, then you're right. Uh, so if you have some clients who are in that situation, they're looking to sell business, sell their business. We we help other people to buy businesses. So if you've got some clients who've got a business that they might be interested in, um, you know, nobody, a family member doesn't want to do anything with it, but you mm -hmm. know, they don't want to just walk away sure. and, and basically get nothing. Um, you know, we, we may, we may be able to help them to find uh, a, a rightful owner uh, as they, as they, transition from ownership to retirement to something else in life okay absolutely that day that's what i'm all about i i, I, I want to be wealthy and i want to have wealthy friends right <laughs> <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that my brother <laughs> as they say iron sharpens iron right absolutely you know absolutely
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, and I, I believe in abundance. So mm. a lot of mm. people say, hey, try and get, you know, whatever you have, invest with me. No, diversify. Diversify. So, and, and, and then the more you have here, and, and things can be um, interrelated and support one another. So, hey, have investments here. You may want to pull some out and invest in real estate, make mm -hmm. a profit there with that profit. Again, um, I, I say do, do what's best for you. Again, my, my, my new goal, I, I literally can't do, I, I can't impact everybody on my own. And mm -hmm. everybody can't invest with me alone. For, mm -hmm. for me to hit that goal. It's got to be through other investments as well. So I'm happy to pass on th those other leads. We can support each other again. Let, let, let's let's make this $2 billion um, goal a reality. And like I said, I, I need other people, other resources to make that happen. So I, I look forward to to working together to make that happen. Leland, he, he just put down the gauntlet. Dan, real, real, <laughs> real, real quick, as we as we wrap up, is there anything that you uh, would want to tell the listeners on how to find you or next steps to work with you? So easiest thing is is um, LinkedIn. Um, I mean, Dan Duster. So that, that's, um, that's there um, on LinkedIn. Uh, my, my email is dandusterspeaks at gmail.com. Uh, phone is area code 773-456-1064. So um, like I said, I, I'm, I'm happy to help any and everybody who, again, my, you're, you're my ideal client if you are serious about your financial future, have the discipline to invest and can respect me as a financial advisor. We're going to get along great. If one of those things are missing, not going to happen. Um, absolutely. I wish you the best. Uh, go, go somewhere else. You know, I, 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 I like, I like straight talk, you know, um, and uh, then I, I, I feel good after talking with you today, because we've known each other a number of years. Quite frankly, I didn't know what you did. I, I knew you had done some, some motivational speaking, and I know you've done a, you know, you've, you've done a, a number of things, but you have been transparent today. And, um, and, and I really, I, I appreciate your sharing, but more than that, I, I appreciate the fact that I can call you friend. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. And like I said, um, I, I, I've been purposeful about keeping good people in my life. And so we don't, we don't talk as often as we should, but your friendship makes me a better person. So thank you, my friend. I appreciate okay. it. Be blessed, man. You bless Leland. Hey, like I said, looking forward to getting, getting wealthy together and supporting each other. So thank you for what you do, brother. All right, then. Hey, thank you so much. So people, as you've heard from Dan, you've heard from Leland, you've heard, you've heard from me. I would just say that right now the ball is in your court. You've been thinking and thinking and strategizing and thinking and thinking. But until you pull the trigger on moving forward, Nothing's going to change. Next year this time, you'll be exactly where you are today. And I'll just tell you that you are the sum total today. You are the sum total of all of your experiences, all of your connections, all of your education, and, and all of your successes. So if you don't like where you are today, I'll just be frank. It's your fault. If you want to change anything, then you just need to get up and find someone that can help you to get from where you are to where you want to be. And I'll see you on the other side with Dan on the beaches of the world, uh, rejoicing that we help people to find their groove. Thank you. All right. Thanks again. Take care, everybody.